0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One can't
1: help but be positive. Hey.
4: Here's the pitch, and he swings and drives one to center field deep. Back goes Duvall at the warning track. He has the room, and he makes the catch in front of the bleacher bar to end the game. Oh. Mookie gave it a ride about eight feet short of the center field wall, and the Red Sox hang on to win 8-5 to five in a thriller at Fenway Park as they come from behind to even the series at 1-1. One and one. Boston 8, and the Dodgers Five as they leave him loaded. Mookie bets hit a bullet. But that ended the ball game. And the Red Sox are in the win column.
3: Oh, imagine how that would have gone over if Mookie had been the hero of the day once again for the Los Angeles Dodgers. But it was not meant to be your Boston Red Sox strike back, winning Saturday's affair eight to five after dropping the opener in the Mookie homecoming series here at America's most beloved ballpark, Fenway Park. And speaking of most beloved, it is now time for Boston's most beloved radio show. Coming to you today from, of all places, America's most beloved ballpark, this is Fitzy and Hart coming to you from the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio. And the Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio is brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and their Discover Summer Sales Event. With a large inventory in stock, now is the best time to trade in, trade up, and discover your best summer ever with Ford. That's right. From Boston Sports Original 93.7 FM, W E E it is the Fitzy and Hart Show today. Broadcasting from 10A to 1230P, right up until the Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show for the rubber match. The finale of Mookie's homecoming here, the Dodgers at Red Sox. That. First pitch is 135 PM. You can give us a call for two-way sports talk action at any point in today's program at 617-779-7937. The socials at your disposal at WEEI at Jumbo Heart at G F Y, And of course, you can communicate with us on the text line at 37937. Today we are armed with not one but two fabulous producers. Coop is in the house over here with me, Cooper Leonard, and of course, Joe Braverman, manning the ship back at 83 Leo. What's up, Joe Braverman?
0: What's up, Fitzy? What's up, Hart? Glad to be back on the Sunday Slay with you, too.
3: Happy to have you back as well, because we are from today, people, T-minus two weeks from professional football. As a matter of fact, Andy, we are 168. I'm going to do the math right now for you. We are 342 hours away from kickoff between the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't wait to find out how you feel about that and everything Patriots related. But first, as always, Andy, we begin our Sunday program with everyone's favorite question about what went on in the wide world of Boston sports the past week. Andy, who won the week in Boston?
2: Uh, I think I'm going to surprise you with this one and uh, just hear out my logic. Um, uh, I'm but I'm going to go with one Mac Jones. Oh, because get Mac out of Jones, here. He won on two fronts. First of all, he did not have to play behind that putrid offensive line in the finale (laughs) on Friday night in Tennessee, so uh, didn't have to get his ass whooped um, in a football game for even three snaps, five snaps, ten snaps, and by him sitting out, that allowed Bailey Zappi to, um, as we might want to put it, dig his own grave, because Bailey Zappi played the entire game, essentially, in Tennessee, and was exposed for what he is, and I don't say this with any glee, because I like Bailey Zappi. He's a backup quarterback in the National Football League at best. And therefore, Mac Jones gets to put to rest all the Zappy chants, all those bloggers that were doing like QB competition early in camp. Is Bailey Zappy sneaky winning the job? No, no, he isn't because he's a backup. And all those people that love to call our show, and I'd like to hear from them today, actually, please do call in and tell me how Bailey Zappy has a calmer head in the pocket how he moves better under pressure how he doesn't freak out he doesn't turn the ball over please tell me how that works after watching friday night's game so mac jones you are now what we all knew or the smart ones in the room knew the franchise quarterback for now of the new england patriots and there is no one who can question that
0: believe in zappy
2: (laughs) yes oh god where did that come from was that bradvoe
0: no that was actually uh
2: chris curtis You're kidding. Inaccurate sports takes. Call Chris Curtis. Now, to be fair,
0: this was from last year. It wasn't like it just happened.
2: Yeah, but it still was stupid. It was stupid
0: then and dumber now. Yeah, it looks even. It looks. Well, that's not the only morning personality from the morning show who thought that. I am going to ride
2: the Bailey Zappy train and I'm going to ride it hard.
0: Excuse me. Wow. Oh, my God. Greg Greg sounded so different there.
2: That was Greg's voice was uh, Greg's voice has changed. Jeez, that is NSFW on a Sunday morning.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's Oh, that's Coco. Right. So everyone on the morning show now gets a big old plate full of humble pie, as do so many others, because I can tell you, uh, Bailey Zappi did not win the week in Boston sports. Now, it's not his fault, just like it wasn't his fault in a lot of ways Uh, in the opening game as well, just like it wasn't Kevin Harris's fault, though. Kevin Harris is the lone. Running back to find the six-point house uh, on Friday night in what was just a thrilling twenty-three to seven affair from Nashville. My God, I think they need to build a new stadium just so they can burn that one to the ground after everyone was bored to death in the stadium Friday night in Nashville. What an, it was what so a,
2: good that we scrubbed the post-game show from the Six Rings feed? We just didn't yeah, want any. That's right. Of we
3: nope. Andy and I were live Friday <laughs> night in case you missed it with our immediate reactions to the affair from eleven p.m. to midnight. And I got to tell you. You missed a hell of a show, just like if you missed the game on Friday night. That was a humdinger indeed. Andy, I know also Boston sports fans, or more specifically Patriots fans, also did not win the week because there was really no joy in Whoville over the past week. You had the joint practices canceled following the Isaiah Bolden injury, and then, of course, now we see that another NFL preseason game was canceled after a fourth-quarter injury to a wide receiver this time between Miami and Jacksonville. So then the game gets called abruptly. The joint practices are canceled. You and Mike Cadlick and others were down there for the final practices that you're welcome to record and be a part of in the preseason. And you guys both described them as sort of uh, walk-through adjacent or mild-mannered, I believe some people describe them as. There was not a lot of intensity. And the carryover to Friday night was stunning. I, too, agree with you that Mac Jones won the week, and won it by a mile because he didn't have... And the crazy thing is, you're right, he didn't have to do anything. He didn't nope. have to do a single thing. This is the the classic case of uh, when they say less is more or sometimes the, the best choice or the best option is to do absolutely nothing at all. Uh, that was the case for Mac Jones. All he had to do was basically just walk through a couple of practices and then let the... Uh, very mid, as the kids like to say, the mid-level people behind him play that awful game on Friday night. Zappy definitely does not look like somebody that you can just strap the entire team or the hopes of a franchise to the shoulders of and say, go on out there and wing it and win it, kid. Trace McSorley, okay, thank God, that's the last time I'm ever going to have to see him in a Patriots uniform, let alone throwing a football for the Patriots. And Malik Cunningham, wherefore art thou, Malik Cunningham, after actually giving us the only true spark the only real joy, the only excitement of the preseason in that in the fourth quarter of the twenty to nine home loss to the Houston Texans uh we, we we see virtually nothing of him in the second preseason game now maybe he was going to come in the fourth quarter before the game was called with ten and a half minutes left Andy and then we don't see much of him at all as they just go full zappy Friday night so Mac Jones, you are the starter yes, like you said he is the franchise QB du jour, if you will. Uh, I can't guarantee you he's going to be the franchise quarterback next year as well, but it is all squarely on his shoulders. It is all his for the taking, for the winning, for the losing, and that's we're just going to have to ride out the Mac Jones trade all season long. I'm very curious if uh, other people at 617-779-7937 feel the same way. Are you more excited about Mac Jones? Do Patriots fans... You think right now, Andy, as we get into confidence levels coming out of the preseason, do you think Patriots fans are where they were this offseason, which wasn't a very good place as far as Mac Jones goes, or do you think maybe confidence levels in Mac uh, have elevated a bit, both from his gameplay as well as from having seen the backups?
2: I think... um... I think Patriot Nation is more dubious of this season now than they were when they started. I think some of the faults of the team were magnified and shown on the field, and I think some perceived strengths maybe uh, aren't quite as strong as people hoped they would be. I think there's a um, there's a lot of uncertainty with fans right now, and I, I'd love for them to prove me wrong. Again, if you still are a zappy guy and think zappy is better than Mac, please call. We want to hear from you. And if you are emboldened to believe and be more hopeful in your New England Patriots after the preseason and training camp, we want to hear from you because we want to counter-program a little. I think the general tide in Patriot Nation is ebbing and flowing in a very negative direction right now, and I would love to hear reasons for hope coming off the preseason finale and heading toward the Philadelphia Eagles, a.k.a. the NFC champions, a.k.a. the team with more sacks in the NFL than anyone last year by a long shot. By a
3: long, long, long shot as well. Yes, Uh, I I just, you know, it's funny because after we finished our program on Friday night, I did a little perusing on the uh, X machine in the tweet box, if you will, just to sort of see what other people were saying. And uh, fan dissent following Friday night was pretty universal. Uh, People just disappointed. What a waste of time. This preseason sucked. I was bored to tears. I'm sorry that I wasted my Friday night watching this game, but there are the the diehards, the the my people, if you will, the Foxborough faithful who committed to it, and they went box to wire with it on Friday night, and it was such a rough affair. And you and I struck a slightly more negative tone, if you will, or at least it was somewhere between uh, dismayed and disappointed. And then I read uh, our friend Andrew Callahan's piece that his immediate reaction to Friday night's game in the Boston Herald, and he struck a much more optimistic tone saying that despite the boring affair Friday night where the Patriots were barely even participants in their own preseason game amassing that's right folks 79 yards of total offense not in the first quarter not in the first half in the entire game 79 yards Andrew Callahan said despite the preseason the Patriots had a great preseason and all signs are trending in the right direction. The needle points up. It was a very positive offseason. And Pats fans should be excited about the coming season. And I kind of just, you know, scratched my eyes. And I was like, did he watch the same game we did, Andy? Did he watch the same
2: game? The same games? The same the, practices? Yeah, He the was same. there with us on Media Hill,
3: if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: Can you read that sentence to me again? Yeah, he said, despite...
3: Uh, I'm paraphrasing now. I don't have the article pulled up. but oh, I read it. Oh, I read the yeah. entire thing. No, the, but the tone, even from his tweet promoting the article, was despite a lo- you know a lousy game on Friday night, um, and a, a snooze, if you will, to put it politely, the needle was pointing up, and things are trending in the right direction for the Patriots. And Pats fans should be hopeful now that Bill O'Brien and Mac Jones are in charge. And I just thought, how in the world, like, it's one thing to sort of not really try too hard, or or. Overcommit in the preseason everyone doesn't have to be the baltimore ravens and try to win every game and go on an epic winning streak but it's okay to try like it's okay to, like correct me if i'm wrong it's not in the bylaws of the new england patriots or the nfl that scoring or excitement at large is prohibited correct
0: It is not. No, no, no. no. It is definitely not. Here's the tweet tweet from Calhan. This is the headline right here. Nothing about the Patriots, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad preseason finale should overshadow the truth of their summer. By and large, it was a success, a real success.
2: I don't I don't agree. I have to disagree um, pretty strongly because I don't know. Um, exactly what you would put your optimistic hope in right now. Uh, There's still the blind faith hope in Bill O'Brien. Actually, I I won't call it blind faith anymore. Bill O'Brien is what we expect him to be, a competent offensive coordinator who is in charge of this offense. I don't know what production that will lead to based on the talent that he has to work with and everything that goes into it. And then I would look at some other areas that, I mean, You have two tight ends that are banged up right now. You only have Mm -hmm. two tight ends. You want to run two tight end sets, and I just said, I'm going to repeat, you have two tight ends that are banged up right now. Problematic. The defensive front against the pass was awesome all summer in training camp and on the practice field. The defensive front against the run was questionable at times, really problematic at times, got pushed around a little bit at times, and then I would just keep going down the line and say, What am I hanging my hat on? What do you feel really, other than the defensive front's pass rush? I think you can hang your hat on that and say, we're going to have a pretty good pass rush. I feel strongly about saying that. What else would you say you put in the I feel really good about category coming
3: out of July and August? There's your question, audience, right there. What else do you really feel good about for the New England Patriots coming out of the preseason two weeks away from the start of the football season season? football actually began yesterday sort of with week zero in college football and the NFL kicks off the fight in Irish. This Thursday that's right over in Dublin no less kicking ass taking names and bringing a shillelagh home with them well I mean it was against Navy in, in Ireland so that really isn't well, much of a. Contest. you can only play the games that are in front of you that's right you can only play the teams that are scheduled against you and the New England Patriots have a tough one to say the least <clears throat> and a tough month ahead of them as well So there's your question, audience. Do you feel any better coming out of this preseason? Do you feel worse? Where is your concern level? Right now, we want to hear from you at 617-779-7937. That's the phone number. We'll take your calls. Andy and I will continue to analyze and discuss the preseason as I come to you today once again from the Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studio. Seeing a lot of City Connect jerseys so far. A lot of Dodger Blue because it has... yeah, it's interesting how we've seen a lot more of the City Connect jerseys, but oh boy, there is already a lot of Dodger Blue walking around the stadium today. Boom. It should be a good one. Go home. We don't want you here. As a couple of Red Sox fans heard you on the speakers and looked at me and went fine. Okay.
0: Nice timing, Andy. Hey, hey, the
3: timing was perfect. If Hart and I, if anything, we are the great uniters and promoters of Boston sports and WEEI kinds.
2: some of the progress of your team from day one camp to where they are now getting
0: ready to prepare for the regular season? Yeah, no, we'll see. We'll find out. It's, I don't think you ever know until you get out there and you know, go against somebody else. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We've improved, but you we'll know, measure it against another team here in a couple of weeks. Dad, we right, right.
3: Forthcoming informative Action-packed and dynamic as always. Patriots coach Bill Belichick in Nashville following Friday night's... Now, what would you call it, Andy? Affair? Scrimmage? Uh, glorified practice? If that's uh, an affair, I know why I'm faithful. <laughs> All right, Andy's up one nothing on the zing so far. Boom! So a, a boom! Solid, can I go home now? So, uh, no. Well, I need two more hours out of you if you can. Thank you. Uh, you know, by the way, the rim mm. shot gets no love in this life, you know, because the second... People play it after a joke. It usually connotates that that was not a terribly good joke, but at the same time, I thought that that was actually good. It used to be that you would get it in in the old vaudeville acts. It's a shame that it isn't what it used to be. The same can be said about so many things. There you go. Thank you. There you go. Lovely audience. Thank you so much. As you can see, the masses have gathered outside our Ford Fenway Clubhouse studio here (laughs) as we come to you from America's most beloved ballpark. They like that one, Andy. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Jeez, that game Friday night still like I know afterwards our immediate reaction was really glad I had to sit through that one. I told you I admitted even on the postgame show Friday night that I was sitting there stone cold sober and fell asleep in the third like at the end of the third quarter for like 15, 20 minutes. And my wife had to wake me up and like, hey, you got to do a radio show in 20 minutes. Yep. And I asked her, did I miss anything? And she said, nope. This game stinks.
2: You're not the only one. I talked to some parents yesterday uh, at a a youth football game, and it was like, yeah, I fell asleep in the first quarter. Oh, I fell asleep in the second. Like, everybody (laughs) fell asleep during
3: that game. Oh, my God. That was visual ambient. It just was like the – I slept like a baby that night as well. Uh, But our question to you to start the program off today on the Sunday, Fitzy and Hart, with you till 1230 until the Mass Mutual pregame show before Sox and Dodgers at 135 today. Of course, that pregame show hosted by the great Mark Dendero. Our question is – Are you more excited or are you more concerned about the upcoming Patriots season coming out of a preseason that had seemingly more downs than it had ups and there was no true entertainment value or excitement to be found? Andy, we go right to the lines. Of course, the Foxborough faithful and the WEI listenership is activated at 617-779-7937. We begin in line one today, Joe. Let's go to David in the car. Good morning, David.
4: Hey, good morning, guys. So, yeah, that game was tough. I, I, I did those off a few times. On, <laughs> I'm I excited ab- about you know the Patriots and, and not so much the preseason. I mean, what we've been seeing and stuff like that. But what I'm excited about is that you have a quarterback. I am on Mac Island. I, I do believe in Mac Jones, and we saw the first year what he was capable of doing. Last year, it was just a completely waste of, of a year. And now that we have a real offensive coordinator, and, and when we do have some, you know, we don't have aces, but we do have we do have some good players around them. And, and the fact that you have this offensive coordinator, who's going to come in here, and and I believe he's in the same page as Mac. Mac is in the same page as him, and that's huge. You've got to have that. If you don't have that, it, it falls apart. And that obviously we know what happened last year. So I, I think people that I ran for a surprise this year. I think Page is going to do a lot better than than most people think. I think the folks are on the fence about going to Mac Island. They're going to be falling onto that, to, onto that island because I think the Patriots are going to have a lot better of a year than most people are giving credit. And, uh, and, and I don't want to judge it on the preseason because, you know, I mean, the Broncos looked great yesterday. I was watching that game. Are they going to look great when the season starts like, like they did last year? They didn't look great. So the Jets, well, everybody's hung up on them. You know, we have to wait and see. Um,
2: I, I would say, though, if if you are going to say Billy O'Brien is the reason the Patriots are going to be good, then you probably have to say that Sean Payton is the reason the Broncos are going to be good.
4: Yes, yes, I, I do believe that. I believe that the Broncos going to be a better team this year because you have Sean Payton. You have right. You have a good coach uh, in 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 the Patriots. Yeah, we always had a, a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but I think with a fiasco that that was there before for one year now that you bring a guy who's here before who who understands the system understands the the, the who's a coordinator that's what mm-hmm. he is and and He's that's actually done the job
3: before that. exactly you know
4: yeah. it's a, exactly i, I mean yeah. if you're a brick layer you're a brick layer you are a bricklayer layer you do not do electricity you do brick layering that's what mm-hmm. you do I mean, it's you don't put mm-hmm. somebody in an office of coordinator when they're not
3: i know and that was a massive yeah, mistake and I it did Yep, and Thanks thank for you for the call, called, David. David. Appreciate that. Uh, I think everyone feels the same way. I think, Andy, you and I ran with a similar metaphor last year on the Six Rings postgame show and the podcast as well, and if you haven't yet, please give us a subscribe. Smash that subscribe button for all the latest Patriots news, analysis, and so much more. Six Rings and football things on the Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Pods, and wherever awesome football talk can be found. We ran often with, uh, if the refrigerator breaks, you don't call your mechanic. And if the car is having trouble, you don't call a plumber. And yet, for some reason, that's how everything was reverse-engineered last year. Uh, I get people having confidence in a rejuvenated Mac Jones, you and I pointing out at the top of the program today. He may well be rejuvenated. He may have his confidence back in place. But, A, he doesn't have much behind him, so I guess that's he, that gives him the de facto default starter nod, though we have seen him look sharper this preseason. But having legitimate concerns over will there be too much expected of him? Will there be too much expected of Bill O'Brien, especially given this offensive line? Like It doesn't matter how quick Mac is. It doesn't matter how strong his arm is. It doesn't matter what his processing speed is. It may not even matter the decision-making and the play-calling and the creativity of Bill O'Brien because if the line folds like a house of cards or a cheap poker table in a second or less, then then... There's really nothing to even be concerned about because, or rather, it's going to be just nothing but concern, Andy, because you can't do squat if your offensive line can't hold their blocks.
2: Yeah, I continue to say we all thought there were going to be questions about Mac Jones, Bill O'Brien, their marriage, the weapons, the new scheme, all of that. I don't know that we're going to ever get to those questions the way the line is. Actually, right now, you absolutely cannot get to those questions before you figure out, and this is what I let off my Sunday 7 on weei.com with this morning, the biggest question is the offensive line, and there's not a close second. It's unanimous. Optimists see it that way. Pessimists see it that way. And until you get five guys out there doing their job on a at a competitive level, all the other stuff, oh, Devontae Parker, is he good? Or, oh, is Kendrick Bourne going to bounce back? Or is Zeke good on the goal? None of those things are going to be part of the conversation until Adrian Clem and his fellas
3: figure out what the hell is going on up there. Yeah, they have so much work to do. I... I just I, I said it Friday night, I wrote about it last week on com. There was such an affordable, such a cheap, such an easy, easy available option out there for the taking. Quarterback? You wanted Trey Lance? Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> although I although if I'm the Patriots, I would have been in on him because they he was given away for a song as well. But I'd take uh, him, move him to running back and never look back. Yeah, you know what? Maybe he could play wide. Maybe he's your better Malik Cunningham as well. I mean the guy can obviously mm, run. She. He's got he's got four four speed. Uh, but now he gets to go learn behind Dakota Prescott, Mike McCarthy, and the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, geez, uh, I just I, I, I don't understand why Arizona was moving on because they have this crazy thing. Andy, they seem to have uh, depth at offensive tackle. They have a bunch of, you know, studs and starters. Kelvin Beachum. Uh They just drafted Paris Campbell. Ju- uh, not Paris Campbell. I'm sorry. Uh, Paris Johnson, Jr. Uh, DJ Humphreys, 10 year starter. These are all excellent to potentially fantastic tackles, and they've got depth as well with a couple of uh, third- and fourth-year players. So they move on from fourth-year tackle Josh Jones, who played nine games last year, and PFF graded him out in the upper 70s as a solid starting tackle. We've got one tackle who looks okay one day, and the next day gets absolutely bulldozed by Dietrich Wise. You can never tell when he's tuned in, how he's feeling, or what kind of effort you're going to get. Uh from the big guy on the left side, Trent Brown. And then on the right side, the Hobo Rumble, it looks worse than ever. You may even have a rookie guard who hasn't played tackle in five years starting... Basically out of de- desperation and need, yet this Josh Jones kid could have been had, and you know who goes and gets him for a fifth rounder, and they get a seventh round back from Arizona, the Houston Texans, who, by the way, pushed you around on your home turf a couple weeks ago.
2: Oh, wow. you saying Nick Casario is a better uh,
3: organizational patriarch than Bill Belichick? Six one seven 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 nine. Yeah, and by the way, Shaq Mason, good thing we moved on from him, too. He stinks. He definitely isn't worth the three-year, $36 million contract the Texans gave him. Wow, Fitzy down on the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Fitzy not loving the offensive line right now and thinking that it's going to be a problem all year long. Not even a mother could. Not even a mother could love this offensive line. Oh, my God. All right, let's take it to the 203. Hollis is in Connecticut. Line two, he wants to talk about uh, some Patriot action. Okay, Hollis, the floor is yours. Uh, how's it going
5: guys? Uh, I'm just sitting here uh, thinking about this season. I didn't really watch the last game, but to be honest, these guys are going to be fine. Oh, yeah. I feel like they have Sorry. an absolute ton of depth in the roster right now. Um, can you guys hear me?
3: Yeah, who has yeah, a ton mo- of depth? The we Patriots? most certainly can. I just We were just both scratching our ears when we heard someone say there's a ton of depth on the Patriots. Hollis? Hollis? If you hear me. Oh well. He doesn't. Nope. Okay. Uh, okay. So,
2: see, he asked if we could hear him, and we could, but he couldn't hear us, apparently. That's apparently a kick the old cojones. Anyway, well, uh, am yeah. I going to pretend he said the Patriots have a ton of depth on their roster? I think I would that's ask actually where? what he said. Yeah, where? We, we,
3: exa- go ahead. Day. Yeah. Who
2: a la depth? Uh, because I can name a couple places. Defensive front, defensive line, where you already saw Carl Davis, a good player, being released.
3: I was um, surprised by that, by the way. If we're, I mean, we're going to get into potential cutdowns, and we'll go over yours and Mike Kadlick's, uh projected 53-man roster, but I always thought Carl Davis was a solid, uh, not overly paid, dependable defensive line backup. Like He's he one is. of the big dudes who's been floating around the last couple of years, so I wonder he why is. he was one of the first cuts.
2: Well, if he played running back, tight end, cornerback, linebacker, offensive line, he'd be still on the team. Unfortunately, he plays on the deepest position on the team, defensive line, defensive front, and that's my point. Other than that... I mean, I guess you can say they're deep. This is the new thing at wide receiver. They're really deep. They got seven. They have a log jam. The Boston Herald says. Um, mm. log I'm not jam. sure. I call it depth when you lack high end talent. Like there's there's this weird dynamic there. I guess you do have a bunch of threes, fours, fives, sixes, whatever's, but you lack the ones and the twos. What is? It? I won't. And a two. Um, so I, I, Hollis, if you can hear us, Hollis, back because. Um, I would like to know what, where you think all this depth is on the roster. Oh,
3: kicker. they got a deep kicker, too. Yeah, they have. Okay, there's a kicker. I mean, is that the most compelling battle right now b- between Chad Ryland and Nick Folk? I have a feeling Nick Folk is actually going to make the roster because trusting a rookie kicker who missed, what was it, three or four kicks in a row at practice this week, including one, if I'm not mistaken, Andy, that was described as being so far left, it would have missed a second set of goalposts. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It missed the
2: big net behind the goalposts. It was horrific. Now, the next day, Nick Folk missed three as well. So you had two kickers that kind of stumbled competitively into the final. I I would never keep Nick Folk on the roster. I actually think I would be doing a wink, wink, nod, nod. We're going to cut you, but you hang around, and you may collect a paycheck soon if you know what I'm saying kind of deal. Um, But you drafted a kicker in the fourth round, so you clearly expect him to be your kicker for the next three, five, eight years. Um right. I think you just give them the job. I also think if this were a Super Bowl team, maybe I would want the veteran I could rely on. This is a five hundred team at best. Start the process of building faith in your rookie kicker by giving him the damn job.
3: Oh, so they're gonna go eight, eight, and one. You heard it here first. Andy Hart says yep. they are a five hundred football team. I'd take that. By at, by the right, way. <laughs> yeah, so would I at this point right if now the way I enough, felt
2: the way I felt Friday night into Saturday morning when we were doing that postgame show, I would absolutely do cartwheels over eight, eight, and
3: one. Uh, hey, Hollis is back on the line. His line uh, got cut off. He Perfect. wanted to finish the call. Hollis, uh, so thanks for calling back, buddy. Where, so tell us where you believe there to be depth along the uh, Patriots roster right now. So
5: Patriots roster depth that I see right now currently, you guys mentioned before about the defensive line. It's not that they're like crazy strong like a star player anywhere, but they have a lot of depth on the D-line, linebackers with a lot of youth and what I believe is more athleticism now which is going to help them. Not that high talent, the guys weren't great in their days and stuff, but it did slow the game down. And, I mean, there was a little more running in that time, so it still made sense. Uh, but I think Bill's really changed over. He's gone over, like, even with a guy who knows how much he sees the field, but like a guy like Mac Wilson, uh, senior, I think it is, or junior or whatever. Um senior. <clears throat> That guy's yep. pretty good. Flexible, can really do a lot. So. Just stuff like that, where they have guys that are really more lengthy, especially even in the DBs area and stuff like that. I actually think as long as Jalen Mills has a good season or above average, season, we all know from the Eagles' times how it was pretty rough for him, the cornerback uh, getting burned a lot. But we'll see how that goes, and I think that could really tie into them doing well, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're looking okay. offensive
3: side, yeah, on with, offense, uh, yeah, go ahead. They have a lot of depth
5: on receiver right now. Sorry, you guys can go.
3: Okay, Uh, thank you for calling back, Hollis. I appreciate it. Now, Andy, I I will agree with you and Hollis that the Patriots have depth along the defensive line. Mm -hmm. You can entertain the idea that they have, and I think I've even said as much, depth at safety as well. Now, they've got a lot of similar safeties, big guys that can uh, cram the box, if you will, that can play Mm -hmm. a, a sort of hybrid linebacker position. In Kyle Duggar, Jabril Peppers, obviously Marte Mapu, who made his preseason debut on Friday night. These are all bigger safeties. There really is only one sort of uh, faster, uh, fleet-footed-style Devin McCourty free safety, and that's Jalen Mills, someone we actually wondered about the job security of earlier in the preseason, and I still can't guarantee you he's going to be on the roster, though I would dare say that if he wasn't, that would uh, almost qualify as a shocker at this point. After that, I can't see where they have depth anywhere on this team. I don't feel any better about the quarterback position, I think the wide receiver room is utilitarian. I hardly think it is stacked, you know, cocked, locked, and ready to rock. The offensive line is a mess. I'm not even sure if the tight ends are going to be healthy enough to start week one. Hunter Henry should be. Hopefully Mike Kosicki is. And please, with the Ferksers and the Lumpkins and the Sokols. Come on now. Uh, uh, spe- okay, special teams. Yeah, they got a lot of good special teamers. Maybe Munson makes the team. Uh, Brother School, as Matthew Slater calls him. Matthew Slater, Chris Board. Okay, great. we got the best gunners in the league and the most highly compensated long snapper. Super Bowl, here we come. See you in Vegas, baby. Well, you might have to punt a lot, so that could be. Oh, I do like. Barringer. looks like he's found his uh, his stride. His bearings. (laughs) That deserves a rim shot. Where the hell is it? Show. You should have quit while you're ahead after the good thing in the first. No, break.
2: that was an intentional rim shot earner,
3: and there's no rim shot.
0: Oh, Joe's asleep. Hello, nails, you gotta screening. earn your rim shots, Andy. Oh, I earned that one,
3: Andy. You just got a very curious look from from some Dodgers fans standing outside the studio. Boo, you're a, go home. Uh, blue, go home. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, Dodgers. You know what? They're all very happy looking and handsome. That's the thing. Yeah, and they're nodding at me, and they've yeah, got because like, their nice team is good. Yeah, and they we con- don't. And, and they've got all this stuff called like sunshine and joy yeah. and nice weather and everything. Meanwhile, it's been freaking Portland, Oregon right. on Seattle here all summer long. And I got to see these guys and their playoff aspirations and their recent World Series rings coming in and showing off at my ballpark. They're killing me. Relax on the weather a little bit. They did have. And a by the way, the ho- the entire family standing outside the window looks like Justin Herbert clones. Can any of them throw? Because we could use them. (laughs) Yeah, actually, can any of you guys catch a football? We could use you in Foxborough. Yeah, I'll take the the, throw. If you can throw like Justin Herbert, we'll take you. (laughs) Uh, Let's go back to the phones. Mike is up in New Hampshire. He wants to talk Patriots, especially offensive line. I'm here for it. What's up, Mikey? You guys have nailed it
6: this morning. Um, You could bring Randy Moss, and you could bring the greatest receivers in. They could run a great route. If the ball never reaches him because the quarterback is on his back, it's no good. You can't evaluate Mac Jones right now. You can't even evaluate Bailey frickin' Zappy. They have no offensive line. We can only hope that supposedly the line that's going to get healthier gives us something. They're horrible right now up front. They even want to run the ball, but with no holes opening up, you can't do it. Uh, my biggest question now is – Is there nepotism going on in this club with Bill Belichick, meaning his son is on the defensive side of the ball? Draft choices one, two, and three, one of them needed to be an offensive lineman, are all defense, and as a matter of fact, draft choice four is a kicker. Now, I like the draft choices. I just don't understand why they don't address, in my opinion, as a longtime coach, the most important position to make an offense move the football. Because, Andy, you're right. This is out of every five drives, four of them will be punts. So, yeah, go out and get some good special teamers because this (laughs) is a five-win team at best that will punt the football all the time.
3: And that's probably why they invested so heavily in special teams and defense because that's the only way they're going to hold on in a turbocharged AFC East. Mike, I appreciate the call. Enjoy your Sunday as well we got more calls lined up here andy at 617-779-7937 hang on guys we will get to you on the other side just got to pay a couple of bills and raz some more dodgers fans standing outside of fenway park as we come to you from our ford fenway clubhouse studio it's the sunday edition of fitzy and Hart on boston sports original 93.7 fm WEEI. first and 10 for the giant 14 Rodgers with the fade for Wilson in the touchdown. To
1: my point, he threw an absolute dart. That was
2: covered, Bob, of Aaron Rodgers. Here it is, close
4: up. Receiver looks back, <laughs> catches it in stride.
2: And to think that Garrett Wilson won Offensive Rookie of the Year without real competent quarterback play yeah. last year.
3: That was Bob Papa on the Giants Radio Network on our sister station WFAN in New York calling the touchdown pass in the first New York Jetropolitan action for A. A. Ron Rogers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wearing number eight for the New York Jets last night to NFL Rookie of the Year, offensively speaking, Garrett Wilson for the Jets, who emerged victorious over the Giants in the pretend season battle. For New York. They will obviously hook up later as the AFC East plays the NFC East this season. You're listening to Fitzy and Hart on 93.7 FM, WEI, and WEI.com. 617-779-7937 is the number to call in and weigh in with your expectations, concerns, and more for the New England Patriots as they emerge from their preseason one and two. And of course, that one was the abbreviated game in Green Bay last Saturday night Uh, back to the phones we go Andy I have many thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers situation and why as I head into my first fantasy football draft today hearing their analysis between Carl Banks and Bob Papa makes me think maybe Garrett Wilson should be the number two draft pick overall after unanimous number one pick Justin Jefferson that guy might about to be set to go off this season let's go down to the 401 Matt is in Rhode Island he wants to talk Patriots we love it hi Matt How you doing, guys? So, you guys mentioned it before. How how does Bill Belichick not
1: pick up the phone and call uh, Monty, what's his name, from Arizona, who he knows? And he's like, oh, you guys are having a yard sale. Is there anything I might be interested in? (laughs) Um, This this is is, is what I'm saying about, like, his – I don't really understand it. As a general manager, like, it's kind of a fireable offense, actually. Like, obviously not in this case, but, like, you need a guy in the seat making those calls. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, the guy that they took from the Bears, who they had benched, the Bears had him benched all year last year. Like you give him a you give him a raise, and guess what? He still stinks. Um, but here's my point of my call is this: um, so everyone's kind of like getting you know higher on the on the offense. Heart, you were saying it like um, everyone's like, you know Bill O'Brien's going to bring this offense to a new new level. Max feeling more confident. All that might be true, but what happens when things don't go well in, like, the first four to six weeks? Doesn't all that confidence rode And, like, is Mac that – Mac showed me last year that he, he he might not be that guy that can take that weather, that storm. I think there's a lot of, lot of built, baked-in confidence to what the offense is going to be. And if it's mm-hmm. not what people think it's going to be, I think it's a long fall from grace. You know what I'm saying? Thanks, guys. Have a good day.
3: Thanks. I Matt. appreciate the call, Matt. Uh a long fall from grace. I hadn't really heard it I hadn't really heard it put that way as well, but that's a great point. It sort of dovetails off of my point earlier about why wouldn't you try to make a move for Josh Jones because A, you don't have any tackles signed on the roster next year. Period. Actually, you've got Calvin Anderson who hasn't even seen the field at this point. He's been Uh, out with an NFI non-football injury, I believe, Andy, for the duration of the preseason? I believe it's actually illness for him. I think he's dealing with illness. Some sort of illness, a non-described illness. Obviously, the wealth of information that Bill Belichick would gladly share about anyone's medical condition down in Foxborough keeps us up to date, as always, with one of their prizes of the offseason, or so Matt Groh told us as they decided to go quantity over quality at the right tackle position. And you have Connor McDermott signed next year. Why you wouldn't pick up the phone and try to see if you could get Josh Jones. I mean, if he went for a fifth and he came with a seventh back, my God, how, would, how wouldn't how would Belichick just offer a sixth period or do a similar deal as well? Yeah, like Matt put it, they're having a yard sale down there because the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a largely non-competitive team this season. You need tackle help now. You need tackle help in the future as well. And, and it has me wondering this, Andy, as we have largely praised or at least given compliments to the New England Patriots draft. A lot of people loved and went over the moon for the value. I can't believe Christian Gonzalez fell to them at 17. I love this Keon White guy. He's an action figure. He's a bulldozer. He could be the new uh, Aaron Donald or, you know, Bruce Smith if you give him a chance. And, oh, Marte Mapu, he's going to be great. And then, you know, kickers and special teamers in the fourth round. Did the Patriots, by chance, as we have largely praised this draft, it's, uh, I was raised by a, uh, a couple callers ago. I wonder now, seeing the preseason offensive struggles they've had, did they actually do the team a disservice, and Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien at the same time, did they do a, a disservice by not loading up at all in the draft on any offensive skill players, or especially the tackle position? I know they went big at guard with maffey and so later on. but Tackle, tackle, th-
0: tackle, 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 tackle. Get a freaking tackle.
3: Thank you, wow. Mego. You speak for all of us at this time, young lady. I mean, I'm I'm starting to wonder, like, or at least it's a nagging concern. Like, there's no Garrett Wilson on this team. Yeah, they got lucky with Ramondre a couple years ago, but would it have killed anybody to maybe, I don't know, they got they got Tyler uh Tyler Kraft and uh Luke Musgrave out in Green Bay, so they got young speedy tight ends. They already had a good tight end up in Buffalo, but that didn't make them fearful of drafting another one in Dalton Kincaid has been one of the stars of the preseason in the AFC. I just can't help but wonder now, Andy. Yeah, this was an immediate service. This was an
2: immediate criticism after the draft. Why'd you go defense, defense, defense? And especially the second two. First one was an obvious need. You had two massive needs heading into the draft, tackle and cornerback. You needed a starter at both. You picked a starter at cornerback. You got good depth. But after that, and, and I'm... The, the offensive high-end weapon was a fun consideration. I was on the Zay Flowers train. He's having a great summer in Baltimore. Oh. But once you went cornerback there, you had depth at wide receiver. You don't have a tackle. You didn't have a tackle. You may not have a tackle moving forward. That, to me, would be the criticism. Was there a tackle that you could have gotten in the second or third round and plugged that person in and, had, and felt better? about the bum fight as you call it at right tackle no no sure thing right he's still a draft pick you don't know but just feel better about sort of the high-end competition of the bum fight and i think that's legitimate because we're talking about how deep the defensive front is we're talking about how deep the safety position is now depending on what you see mapu as long term whereas could you have gone tackle second or third round and really maybe altered the conversation that we're having this summer right they Bill Murray is a former defensive lineman who's been taking a lot of snaps at right tackle of late. That's how Play bad things are. Bum talk early. <laughs> oh, why are we talking bums? Tackle, <laughs>
0: tackle, tackle,
2: bum, bum, bum.
3: Yes, we call it the bum fight, or now it's turned into the uh, the more appropriately named Hobo Rumble. By the way, you guys
0: are talking about the Pats have depth uh, at receiver. They don't have depth according to a 508. They have width at wide receiver.
3: Yeah, thank you very much, 508. Uh, I When I saw that, when I saw that uh, tweet from Ben Volan, or rather the headline from the Boston Globe in, in a piece put together by Ben Volan, that was another one of those, like, let me just see, do I need glasses at this point? What the hell is going on? Depth at receiver, and they should maybe move on from somebody. From who? I mean, with, with Kendrick Bourne and Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker, you've got like a solid middle class of receivers right there, like guys that are cut out to be complementary receivers as twos and threes. Now, stink, obviously, stank, stunk. I stink, stank, and stunk, exactly, as Mike Giardi has now most famously. Uh, uh, and I love the fact that Kendrick Bourne heard it and even said that at a presser. Uh, was Giardi present, by the way, when Kendrick Bourne said that?
2: Yeah, he asked the question. That's why Bourne walked off.
3: Okay, that that was pretty funny.
2: Because uh, he's, you know, an yeah. oversensitive
3: uh, uh uh Andy, he was called but, like he was he was referred to as stink stank or stunk. You have to understand why the guy maybe got the bit I actually his don't mind a little bit.
2: I think he did it with a smile Me neither. in a playful way. Uh yep. Parker has been more sensey, hasn't talked about it, hasn't really talked, has been fighting back on Twitter.
3: Parker a bit also, more sensey. Yeah, and wasn't and wasn't yes. he uh pretty sensey as well during yes. uh, with the DeAndre Hopkins
2: talk? Yeah. Next question. Everybody else is like, Yeah, bring him in. We could use him. And he's like, next question. You know, and I understand maybe if you bring in deandre hopkins maybe you kick out Devontae parker but uh yeah i i'm not a big parker fan on the field or off the field i've really really
4: yeah not
3: a fan hmm. don't like stink, the way he carries himself and
2: stunk
4: <laughs> wow <laughs>
3: giardi just giardi print angling for some of that for some of that felger and bedard action print the shirts exactly <laughs> stinks stunk, stink, stunk and stank 617 77 nine, More of your calls on the New England Patriots as the Foxborough faithful line them up here on our phoners, 617-779-7937. we got room for you if you would like to call in and weigh in with your concerns about the upcoming season. Andy and I will also reference his excellent Sunday 7 column at weei.com and start getting into some of our projections and predictions for who's in and who's likely out as the Patriots have to go from 90 to 53 men. By 4 p.m. I believe this coming Tuesday. It's all coming up in hour number two of the Fitzy and Hart program live from our Ford Fenway Clubhouse studio at America's most beloved ballpark on W.E.E.I.